Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. I am so excited once again to have another guest today, and it is Patty Lennon. So I just was on another episode for her podcast, Space for Magic, and we're taking, this is part two. We just started this one. This is kind of the coolest thing because we talked on her podcast and now we're talking part two. So if you're coming from Space for Magic, awesome, welcome. If you haven't heard Patty and me talking on her podcast, we're gonna make sure that you know how to connect there. So if you don't know Patty, let me do a brief introduction. Patty is a keynote speaker and best-selling author that helps women create space for magic in their lives and businesses. Patty is a former type A corporate banker who opened to her intuitive gifts at 35. When her father passed away in 2019, the events that followed revealed a deep connection between intuition and the amount of abundance, support, and love we are willing to allow into our lives. Patty, it's awesome to have you here on Midlife CEO. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Part two. <laughs> So this is the coolest thing. So we were just talking, you would ask me a question about receiving. We had a whole talk about what I was up to, what I believe is important in the business side of things. And now we're taking it to your magic, which is receiving. And this is something I'm going to be really quite honest. It was like, I don't know if I'm good at this. <laughs> so uh, it took me a little while to figure this out. So Let's backtrack a little bit. We met several years ago. You and I were both business coaches at the time. I'm curious because I think we had a little gap in time when I didn't know that you'd made your pivot. So could you tell the listeners what change you had to switch from business coaching to what you're doing now and explain what you're doing now? Yeah. So, and that was actually where we had left off. I was asking you, how do you, you know, what's changed for you around your ability to receive? Because when I see someone make the kinds of shifts and growth and changes, I know something has happened. So that's, that is why I'm obsessed with it because that's where I am now is I teach receiving. I am the founder of the receiving school. I'm about to put out a book talking about it. And what had happened was that, um, in my business coaching work, primarily a, much of the time people were coming to me because they wanted more clients like you. You know, at the end of the day, just like you and I in our own businesses, <laughs> when we're hiring people, it's to grow our business. And so we'd get into sales and then the sales conversation. And what I was finding, there were consistent um, traumas that had happened early in people's lives that made selling difficult for them. And they were completely unaware of them. They're traumas that happen to most humans. And what happens is that because these things show up, and when I say trauma, I'm talking about you learn that everything you want is not okay. That's not okay to want what you want 
or you are told that you're not enough in some way, shape or form, or that, you know, a more subtle way is, you know, you have to work hard for what you have and therefore something comes easy, you didn't earn it and it's not okay. And in most cases, you should feel some level of guilt or shame. And this was showing up consistently over and over again to the point that um, working with someone that I was working with, we came up with the phrase, you don't have a selling problem, you have a receiving problem. Mm-hmm. And so we were just talking about this over and over again. And I was focusing most of my energy on that one core message because I really felt that if I could help people understand that it's not that you're bad at selling, you're not bad at client attraction, you're not... It's not that you're getting uncomfortable on the stage when it comes time um, for the pitch because there's something wrong with the way you do it. It's because internally you don't feel like you have permission to be standing up there asking for something. Oh my gosh. I I have to just interrupt you because this is huge. And a lot of people think it's, I'm going to need to learn more strategy or I need a new technique, or I have to move to something else because that didn't work. I'll try another technique. This is so brilliant, Patty. (laughs) Okay. So keep going. Tell, tell everyone. So what happened next? Yeah. So then, um, I really felt like I just need to focus on this core message and then I was I was actually using this core message to launch my mastermind and everything was going brilliantly. I was in the middle of a launch um, and we were doing a video series and then where you have a gap from the last video and then two days and then you open the cart. Mm-hmm. And in that gap, um, my father passed away suddenly. Mm, so, so in that two day window where we had all this momentum and it was definitely going to be, you know, a six figure launch with, you know, and, and really like with so many people engaging, I think we had 500 people regularly showing up on the Facebook lives. Mm-hmm. It was that crazy. I mean, from my perspective, like that, that level of engagement was really unusual in my, in what I had been doing. What we were used to was a hundred or 200 people showing up. But so this message was really me, you know, hitting home. My dad dies and I realized, and it was sudden, he died in his sleep. I could, I knew I couldn't open the cart because I knew I couldn't be available to support the mastermind. Sure. And so I shut everything down and, um, spent the time really working on being in communication with my father on the other side of the veil, which if you're not of that like type of woo, I know that sounds super crazy, but what I can tell you, I didn't have these gifts my whole life, but I do talk to the other side of the veil. I knew because my mom had died years ago that if I stayed wide open, that would be the easiest way to hear my father and to see the signs from him and that type of thing. And I really put, put my focus there. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't, I was working on bringing in money or health or support. I was really working on just bringing in intuitive communication. Mm -hmm. And yet that year, because of a few different things I'll mention, um, my business increased in sales, in visibility. And ultimately at the end of the year, my spirit guide said, you need to open the receiving school and this now needs to be your focus. And it wasn't, you're not going to do business anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no more business coaching. There's a different way for you. And um, 
you know, and what had happened was a couple of months after my dad passed, I still had these people that were waiting for the mastermind. You know, there was a certain that they were at least waiting for the end of the story, which was the webinar that would finish out what the video series was teaching. So at minimum, I knew, I felt like I owed them that. I didn't necessarily think people would buy because, you know, the momentum was gone. And yet it was an $84,000 week. (laughs) And I, and I mentioned that because we're, it goes back to that whole idea of we, we convince ourselves that it requires so much strategy and requires all these moving parts, but the reality, and, and you certainly have to have some of those in one thing we had done in those three months is we had I had kept emailing the list about the journey I was taking with my father. So I hadn't gone silent. They knew they were still connected to me, but not about business. And it that moment really connected the dots on this receiving concept because I had believed originally that receiving was this one-to-one relationship, meaning I have to open to receive money. I have to open to receive clients in this very specific way. I open to receive support you know, other people call it manifestation. Like if I'm manifesting, you know, a love partner that I have to focus on that. Mm. And what I realized was, as I looked back over the year was everything in, even amidst like deep grief, all these other things that you quote unquote manifest had improved with absolutely no effort. And the only thing that had changed was I had opened my receiving energy way open. And I would imagine that a lot of people are wondering, how did they do that? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that, I would, I would think, as we go along. But in this journey for you, Patty, all of this happened when what you're saying is you were not necessarily focusing on the strategy. Mm-hmm. You were focusing on opening and yeah. knowing. And, and I think even you know, connecting to your journey, what I've seen in you, Jeannie, over the last year is being super honest about what was true for me. Mm -hmm. You know, just saying like, I'm grieving. That's what's true for me right now. I am not able to coach. And then when I was able to coach to do it really humbly and say, look, I'm ready to welcome you into this mastermind. And, you know, here's what I can give you, right? Or um, in my private life to say to the people around me, I can't care for you right now. I can't, I can't be a shoulder. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I know I understand a lot of that. I, we had a family loss uh, in 2018 and my uncle had passed away and I was fortunate to be there prior to him passing and my uncle was a priest. And so one of the things that happened to me was just the gift of being there after he passed and and just sort of prior to him passing and then after he passed, I felt like it was one of the most amazing gifts that I ever had in my life was to be there at the end of, you know, at the end of someone's journey. And it took time for me to, like, I had to grieve. I had to like, think through how I was feeling and my emotions. And the more honest and open I was about what I was experiencing and not pretending to be like all things business and that, you know, this didn't matter or or all of that, the more real I was, the more 
I received love, kindness, support, um, an opportunity to heal. It was like a gift of healing because I was transparent. That was one of the best gifts I think that I ever had mm. was people providing that care when I needed it. Did you find that happen to you as you were going through being open uh, and transparent about what you were capable of doing during that time? Did you find that you received um, kindness and love and support during that time too? Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you do have a loss like a death um, with someone close to you, it does give you societal permission to take care of yourself in a way that you don't get with a lot of other losses. Mm-hmm. So that for sure was true. What I also got to witness in myself was how many rules I had previously made up about who needed me. I'm going to be exaggerated in this, but who needed me to survive mm-hmm. and what they needed me from me. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like prior to that, I wouldn't have said those were true, but I had convinced myself that all these people needed things from me. And when I was honest about the fact that I had nothing to give, I got to see them grow and shine and create in ways that they hadn't before. You know, whether it was my children or my husband or loved ones or people in my business on my team. Yeah. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. Patty, can you talk about this being open to receive? I, you know, people imagine they have to maybe meditate, like they have certain perceptions or beliefs around what you need to be doing or how you need to act or what type of person we're talking about. What have you found to be true? Yeah, none of those things, by the way. I mean, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're all helpful. But like all those things we think we have to do are like, are are not, like they're they're sort of like, um, they'll improve the results of some other core things that we can all do. And we can do them with, very little um, extra time. Meaning in the beginning, if you're meditating, if you're starting to meditate, even if you're meditating for 10 minutes, let's say, it can be the most excruciating 10 minutes of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like it takes like four hours. (laughs) Yes. Um, I find that a lot of that stuff is like, it's helpful, but what's the most helpful is to just be honest with what's true for you. Like just starting there, receive yourself, receive your own truth. And we have so many layers built up around that. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, I'm uh, half the time my examples have to do with my kids and I always have to edit myself because I'm certainly not wanting to share their life journey. So I'm just trying to reach for, uh, reach for something. Oh, I was invited to an event Um, a local event, community-based, a party. And I know that if I say no to this event, that there'll be some judgment, or at least that's my perception of it, is that Mm -hmm. there's an expectation that I'll be there for, and I don't need to, you know, the stuff that just happens when you're parts of groups and they just expect you to be there if you can be there. And I was like, when I considered it, I realized I really just don't want to go. Like, I really don't want to go and I'm not going to go. 
And oh well. <laughs> <laughs> and did anything terrible happen? <laughs> well, the event actually hasn't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> those were the kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things. And and let me just say that even saying the no, I'm not going to go is actually the second part of the process. If you can just start by saying, I don't want to go, even if you say yes, as long as you say yes, consciously understanding it's not what you want, that's all you have to do. And eventually the pain of making so many choices against what's actually true for you will start to guide you to make different choices and will give you the courage to say no. Um, yeah, go ahead. Cause I, I want to bring it back. Actually an example, I'm going to give you a different example. That'll, that'll be yeah. much better in terms of like selling from, from. Please. I was just going to say that. So let's talk about it from the business side for a second. Yeah. So bring that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the, you know, I talked about like, there's like some core wounds that show for most people in the sales process. So the beginning of the sales process is you taking your potential client on a journey telling them the story or helping them tell the story of where they are and where they want to go. Mm -hmm. The second part is transitioning into the, into the offer. And then the final part is making the offer and asking for money. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We know this, right, Jeannie, you right. can hire someone that charges you $50,000 to tell you that you can charge, you can download an ebook and essentially it's going to tell you that now, depending on, who you hire, there might be something, you know, more or less nuanced. Some might be more or less manipulative, but that's, that's the structure. Sure. Yep. That first part in the journey is where typically people will get stuck if they believe that it's their job to fix other people. Mm -hmm. And so what will happen is as the person talks about their pain, they will do one of two things. They will either dive in and um, try and fix it for them or they will keep them from fully expressing how much pain they're in. Mm, yes. Two ends of the spectrum there. Okay. Yeah. And so that's usually what gets people stuck is they're like, you know, they'll say, I did a sales call and I, um, you know, we ended up just, it turned into a coaching call. And then at the end, I just very quickly mentioned, I have a program mm -hmm. or if they're on the stage, they might not spend enough time in the pain because they don't want to feel manipulative. Right. There's a difference between being honest about the pain and manipulating pain. Yes. And exactly. the avoidance of the pain altogether is really the person feeling super uncomfortable with being in the presence of pain because the minute they're in the presence of pain, their psyche tells them it's their job to solve it. And they don't allow the other person to have ownership on that process. This is so good. I've actually had people who've told me um, they do not want to ever sell from the pain. They only want to sell from a desire or a promise. And I've often found and I, I'm, I've worked the same way. Like I manipulative marketing or sales. I like, I turn the other way and it's not what I do or anything like that. But typically what's happening in sales is that there is a problem that's being solved. But if you don't talk about the problem, it makes it very hard for someone to see that they 
need to have the problem solved or that the problem can be solved by something that you do, right? And so when you completely avoid it, then you do have a problem. You you see this all the time, I would imagine, when they avoid talking about it. Yeah. And, and we've convinced ourselves that helping people avoid that is a good thing, right? You know, that that's possible to convince yourself. I, I say we convince, I don't convince myself of this. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but really what all humans need is they need to be witnessed in their pain and seen as whole, mm-hmm. not as deficient. Mm-hmm. To be seen as whole despite their pain. And so when you look at, okay, well, that I, that is my problem in sales, Patty. I don't like talking about pain. And when someone starts to talk to me in a one-on-one sales conversation, I get really uncomfortable. And what ends up happening is I turn it into a coaching call so I can relieve that pain. Mm-hmm. So then what, do, what can you do to move into receiving energy, right, in that experience so that you're doing less of that? And the answer is that you... Talk to yourself outside of the sales process in your other personal relationships and watch where you try to solve people's problems for them. Mm-hmm. And just accept the fact that this is their problem and receive them in their problem. Because trying to fix the problem for someone else is actually resistance because you're saying, I can't be with you like this. I need you to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just practicing being with people in their pain. And what you will find is that that is what humans crave the most, is to be witnessed in their pain and seen as whole despite it. Oh, my gosh. This is so brilliant. And it goes right back to what you were talking about, about when your father passed away, right? And and what you needed to do for yourself during that time period, too. And yet how amazing that your audience, you stayed in communication with them and they, they supported you during the journey too. So, okay. So there's more to this process. So I think we've talked, so can you just recap the first step to receiving and the second, there's several, several steps here. So can you make sure you're recapping for us? Yeah. So where we started was, you know, what can people do to receive? And I was kind of throwing some examples out and that's one, I think, One is just practice being around people without having to fix it for them. Just do that in your personal life. Don't worry about doing it in your business. Um, But there's actual, um, you know, I'm going to take a step back, Jeannie, because once I started doing the receiving school, which isn't, you know, it's not a business-based program. It's really a life-based program. Mm you know, what I realized is most people, and I know you've had this happen for you too, now that you're successful in what you do is they feel like you're different than they are. Mm -hmm. Like you had something, you came to the table with something that preemptively created success for you. Mm -hmm. And so I am just about to release the book that I've written on this journey where I was in corporate banking. I was the most resistant based person that exists on the planet. Like if there was a rule, I followed it, whether it worked for me or not, you know, I just wanted people's approval. I wanted everyone to like me. I was a control freak. And now my life looks totally different. And so as I was writing the book, the book, my intention was to show people 
how step by step how that journey happened so that you're not trying to boil the ocean mm. and do it all at once. Because what I found is the universe doesn't require this exact same steps from all of us. And I find that's some of the biggest challenging um my biggest challenge with the a lot of spiritual teachings and law of attraction teachings is it makes you feel like if you know if you haven't done your vision board and you haven't listed out your list of visions and you don't visualize every morning and you're not meditating that you're not going to get all the good stuff mm, yeah and the reality is that only that stuff only works for some people. It doesn't work for everyone. And and the the universe, the divine, does not require that from us. And what I found is there's something even before all of this that you can do every single day that really does make a difference. And when I looked back on in that journey, like what was the first thing is I started each day breathing. And I know that sounds really like we all breathe, but instead of jumping to what my kids needed, instead of, you know, even opening the laptop or getting my coffee, I just spent a couple of minutes breathing and connecting to the center of my body, which is where our soul's voice, which is where our real truth sits. And if you do that before the world comes in and gives you its opinion on what you should be doing, thinking, and feeling, you're going to start your day already out of resistance and in receiving. So oh. that's really the best first step. I love that. And it's so easy to apply. It, it, why, why do you think some people can't do that or what they struggle to do that though? Like what, what, well, I, I did. Like? Yeah, I did. And I can tell you, cause when I'd wake up, my immediate thought is, without it wasn't even a conscious thought it's an an impulse in my body of who needs me first mm -hmm. like there isn't a me in the equation it's just who needs me first that was just my thought because that's just how i was living my life was let me put out as many fires as quickly as possible and maybe by the end of the day i'll get five minutes of peace <laughs> yeah yep mm-hmm so, you know, I think for people who have small children or children that are going to need them at home, they go to them because they hope if they catch them fast enough, maybe the, the morning won't become, you know, crazy. Right. If it's a pet, you know, it's again because the pet needs them or, you know, they reach over and they pull up their electronics because this is more um, chemical based is because they're addicted to the dopamine hit they get from finding a news article that's interesting or seeing a Facebook post or an Instagram post that's interesting to them. That creates a dopamine surge, which actually grows our dopamine receptors, which is like the parts of our brain that say we need dopamine, which means it craves then more and more dopamine and it just keeps seeking it. But the minute you stop feeding your dopamine receptors, dopamine, they actually shrink on their own. That's so great. I, well, I think many of us probably need to know that that's okay to do and, yeah. and to make that a regular practice. I, I will tell you on, on a personal note, for me, I've done a lot of that this year. It's been very in tune to that. Like, how do I open up some of my other receptors? 
because I was making changes. You know, we talked about that on your podcast about the changes that I was making. And it was, wow, I have to think differently. Like I have to really work at this because I'm, I've had patterns. I've been doing certain things. I'm thinking certain things for a long time. So I totally get it. It's hard to make the changes, but on the other side, it's so worth it. Your life, it, there's so much that can be offered to you as a result of the changes. It is. And when you start your day, and I, I used to ask people to do five minutes, then I went down to two minutes, and now I just say three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Um, because I keep going down to like, what's the, you know, what's the common denominator that people will not fight me on. That's it. Mm. What happens is there's so much awareness in those, those moments because all of a sudden you don't actually know how much of your energy goes into giving until you pause at the beginning of each day and you will see how much of your energy, your psychology, your your body wants to go out and give to someone or something before it connects to itself. And that one piece of information, just like I, I think it was actually on my podcast that we talked about it, is where you just made that one choice to engage Noom, but then all these other things started to improve because of the conversation you had with yourself because of the consciousness it brought. It was a ripple effect. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I was open to making changes because I it start it started with one thing, which is it sounds like the same as what we're talking about. You yeah. you're open to make a change. That's fabulous. Yeah. This is so good. Okay, so is there anything else you want to add while we're on this topic cuz then I want to pivot to something else. Well, I just want to circle back. So the the one, the really, there's not like a, I mean, there's steps to receiving, but they really come down to, you know, just different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But because we opened up the conversation, just having been an, you know, being in the space of wanting to get my sales better like years ago. And I know that we've opened that conversation that there's an open loop for people that they need clothes. So I just... The, the other big piece of the sales process that really gets people is when they ask for money and it feels super uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, so what's the technique you can take outside of sales conversation to actually strengthen that muscle? And it's to ask for anything. So literally go into your personal life outside your business and ask for stuff. Ask for stuff that you don't specifically need. So for instance, if you are, you know, here I'm working in my home office, um, my children are home and they do literally nothing all day because it's the summer. They literally do nothing. They have plenty of time on their hands. Occasionally I will text them and say, can you bring me some water? No. (laughs) It's usually because I'm in the midst of recording, you know, and I really can't get up, but it's that kind of thing. Ask for stuff that you don't need from other people. And it's not to um, be a nudge. It's actually to build the muscle that it's okay to ask for things and then watch the joy and fulfillment that other people have in helping you. This is so good. I can't wait for my clients to listen to this episode, Patty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a simple thing. You know, it, it sounds simple, but for some people who really struggle with 
they're the givers all the time. They're the doers. Mm-hmm. Instead of being in a position of ask and allow, it's allow it to happen. It's a challenge. And I, I know I've been there. So this is just brilliant. So what do you find happens? Um, how, how does your body react physically when you receive now? For me, mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting. There's always an edge. There's always a receiving edge. So now I, you know, if I was going to text one of my kids and say, you know, could you bring me some water? I just have a full exchange of love in that moment. Um, because they've learned that it's okay to say no to requests that they can't easily respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're learning this together. Now, um, you know, I have my book coming out. So now I'm going to be asking people to promote. And in the past, if I've asked people to promote something, it's usually with an affiliate commission attached to it. You know, like, oh, would you promote this and I'll pay you a commission? With a book, I can't pay anyone, right? It's just like, literally, do you like me enough that you're willing to tell people about my book, right? Mm -hmm. And so that'll be a new edge for me. I'll do it, but it'll be a new edge. And what it'll feel like in my body is probably what, um, you know, people feel a little bit around sales if they're still in that learning stage. Mm-hmm. I don't get sweaty palms, certainly, but there's going to be a little tightness in my chest. And then people are going to respond. And then the tightness will inform me. You know, it will tell me something about I something I get to work on. Like maybe it's that it's okay to need something without always giving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, when I walk through my day, what I feel, and it's really why my podcast is now Space for Magic. It was rebranded to Space for Magic. And the book coming out is Make Space for Magic is I walk through most days feeling the magic in the world, feeling the sense that there are miracles and secret hidden pockets of abundance that are about to burst forth into my life. And that, and also that I'm that for other people that I could be someone's magic maker um, today just by being responsive to what feels right for me in the moment. Oh, I, I love this conversation. I often think about good deeds. And I was having a conversation with someone about this recently, about how they were surprised that someone did a really nice deed of buying them coffee. And, and I thought, you know, there's a lot to be said about receiving that or how you receive that. You know, you could be like, no, 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 no. I don't need that cup of coffee or no, thank you. You know, keep your money. Right. Mm. But I, I actually, it's been a little while since I've done this, but I've been really good about when I go out and meet colleagues or friends for coffee and they say, I'd like to treat. I'm like, Absolutely. Thank you. And I simply say thank you. And then I return the favor. If it's not to them, I return it to somebody else. And I'm observing how I handle saying yes and also how others say yes or accept. Mm. And I love being in practice around it because there's magic in just watching someone um, receive that. You know, like, what does that do to someone's day by them being treated? It, it can be the smallest act and yet it's so powerful and fulfilling at the same time. 
and also just moves the the energy of abundance, which is the energy of love. It moves it much more quickly in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you know what it feels like to offer something to someone and someone say, no, no, no. And there's all of a sudden this like tiny, tiny push pull of energy, right? Mm-hmm. Where it could have just been a swoosh of love. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. It's so, it's such a gift. Oh, I love this. This is such a good topic today. Oh, okay. So what's next for for all of our listeners who are, are either like learning about receiving or just like hungering for more information from you? How well, can they take it, this further? Yeah. So whether you're, um, you know, whether you want to apply this to business or to your life, there are five steps I found. The first one is the breathing um, that I find are really helpful. And they're not ordered steps. You can do them in any order. They're just five um, actions you can take that I find really do open you up more to this magic in the universe. And I have a guide that walks you through it. It includes a guided meditation for one of the steps. And you can get that at, um, I think, geniespiro.com forward slash Patty, right? Isn't that where you set it up? And that's the um, five-step guide to receiving. So what that will give you is it'll give you little bite-sized things to do, like the morning breath that will really start to... um, dissipate this field of resistance that you have around you. And as what will happen is as you do that, all of a sudden, these miracles will start to show up. It's the coolest thing. I love for people to start on the journey because even if you don't get it and you just start with the breath, mm-hmm. even if it's not perfect, even if your kid wakes you up, even if your cat is sitting on your face while you're doing it, even if you're having to like physically restrain yourself from grabbing your phone, even right. if it's hard at first, almost always a sign or some form of magic shows up that day to tell you you did something different. So I love that. Okay. So I would say start there and then um, – you know, certainly as soon as the book is out and available for sale, which will be uh, the end of September, maybe we can update that link with a link there and that will let you know um, how to get the book. And then with the book, you'll just get a deeper understanding of the process as well as you'll hear my story, the dark, dark days of me crying on my couch, drinking wine from a bottle because I thought my, you know, I'd never get out from underneath my debt. My mother had died and all of the horrible things that you know, we all go through and how I got out from underneath that mess and um, you know how I get to have the life I have now and help other people to do the same. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to hear more about it. And yes, absolutely. We'll have links for that on this episode. So everyone will know how to receive all the gifts that you are putting out into the world. So this is so great, Patty. Um, I do have a one wrap-up question. So this is the Midlife CEO podcast. And I'm curious to know, how do you see yourself at this phase and stage in life? Like what is possible for you? Um, You know, as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, what do you see ahead for yourself? Um, you know, at this stage of life for you? You know, my initial reaction is everything. 
Um, that's what I see as possible, but specifically, I really do. I turned 50 this year and I really feel like this is the start of my next life. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just took me 50 years to figure out a lot of things and I'm okay with that. Um, I still know I have many, many years to go. And so, um, to, you know, right at the top of my, my mind is my kids are teenagers. And so to really accept them at a deeper level, every day they present me with ways that I want to manipulate their future for them because I think I know better. And so can I trust what I know, which is that they are the best leaders of their life? And can I allow myself to just be a steward of what they're developing inside of them? That really is my priority right now. Yeah. It's, isn't it interesting just to observe yourself being a parent sometimes as opposed to, you know, doing the parenting? Like, it's like, how do I want to parent now? How, what's my relationship with my children? And how do I take a step back in, we're now at a different phase and stage with parenting, right? I went through this myself. And also, how do you look at it for yourself? Um, you know, in a couple of years, you will have an empty nest. So what do you think that will mean for your business at that point? Yeah. So for me, it means um, it, it truly is my mission to help every single person understand that what they want in life has not arrived simply because of this field of resistance and that they are loved by the divine and that the universe will help them and to show them how to play with that force in the world. So, I mean, that really is it. And, and at the point that I'm an empty nester, my, the big piece for me will be to be able to travel around the world, sharing this message more in person. That's for sure. Love it. Number one. Let nothing stop you there. We know you're going to be on lots of stages, Patty. <laughs> so great. Oh, this was an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on this uh, episode. And it was a blast being on yours and getting a chance to talk. You know, they're all, these topics are all connected, especially because, you know, I think that we want more for ourselves in this amazing life that we have. And so many of us, like, you and I, I know in particular, we're on a journey um, for for greater things and more abundance for ourselves and, and, and others. So it means constantly learning and growing and working to receive all the gifts that life has to offer too. So, so thank you. Thank you. Amen, sister. Yeah. So this is great. Well, Everyone, please make sure you go ahead and follow Patty. Uh, Patty, what's where are people going to find you on social media? What what's your favorite bat channel on social media? I know I really want to say something cooler than this, but it's Facebook. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to put the link below so that they know how to connect with you there. <laughs> so, so this is great, and please watch out for Patty's book coming out. Go grab the guide. We'll put a link below the receiving guide so you know how to receive. And that would be so curious to hear what people receive as a result of this exercise. So I hope we get to hear some follow-up. So thanks again, Patty, and thanks everyone for listening. If you have not already joined the 
Midlife CEO Facebook group. I talk over there a little bit more about more strategies about how to grow your business. So jump on over to geniespyro.com forward slash CEO and join other midlife CEOs growing their business. Until next time, enjoy this episode and we'll see you all soon. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.